The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we worship you in this place today. Thank you because you are the source of life. You are the giver of life. Thank you for the beautiful name of Jesus. We give you praise and glory. Blessed be your holy name. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You can have your seats. You're welcome to church this morning. It's a beautiful Sunday morning. Hallelujah. It's the first Sunday in the month of March. God is a faithful God. And we're starting word wave in church. Hallelujah. It's a season of learning. Hallelujah. So you're welcome to church. You say welcome to your neighbor. Hallelujah. So if you haven't gone to register, please register with the KI team outside if you are yet to do so. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can we lift our hands in this place this morning? You know, much more than information that will be passed across this morning. Ask that God will birth a revelation in your heart. Oh, Jesus. Lord, open our eyes to see, open our ears to hear everything we ought to hear. Thank you, Jesus, for revelation knowledge in this place this morning. Thank you, Father, because the entrance of your word brings light and illumination to every darkness. Thank you, Father. Lord, we give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So I'll be talking on the new birth and redemption. Hallelujah. If you are yet to register, please kindly go outside to the KTI team to register. All right, so the objective of this class is to provide a scriptural foundation on the subject of new creation realities and help understand the concept of new birth. You know, so what happened at new birth? What is the old man? What is the new man? What is referred to as the divine nature? What is righteousness? You know, what does it mean when we say we should keep the body under? Hallelujah. So those are the things we'll be talking about in this class. So what is new birth? You know, Mark 8.36 says that what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? And soul there means if he loses his life, if he loses his being. You know, Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means your soul, your being, your life is important to God. And that's the greatest gift of God to man. That is the redemption of his soul. You know, and the only thing that you need to do, if God values your soul so much, values your life so much, what you need to do is to submit yourself to him. Hallelujah. To receive his life. Hallelujah. So what happened at new birth? You know, and new birth means that you are one with God. You receive Jesus into your spirit. Hallelujah. And Jesus literally took your place. That's what happened at new birth. You know, when he died, you died as well. I want to read a scripture from Colossians chapter 2. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 2, from verse 11. It says, In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of sins of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God 
who raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made a life together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Hallelujah. And that is what Jesus literally did for us. You know, when he was justified, we became justified as well. We were vindicated. You know, when he was raised up to sit in heaven, we were also raised up with him. Ephesians 2, 6 says, and raised up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly place in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That is the miracle of a new birth. That is what happens when you give your life to Christ, you know. So what is the old man? I'm sure if you've been around in this church, you've heard the word the old man and the new man before. So what is the old man? You know, the Bible constantly refers to the old man as the state of a man's being before receiving Christ. That is the nature, is the sinful nature of a man before he gives his life to Christ, before he, before he receives Jesus. You know, so the dead man is the, the old man is the dead sin producing nature of an unregenerate man. That is a man that is not born again. So when we refer to the old man in this church, we are simply aligning with what the word of God says. The old man is the sin producing nature of man. And you know, this nature was passed down when Adam committed sin in the garden of Eden. You know, and it has been passed down, you know, from Adam up until now. You know, when God created man, God created man, but it was only Adam. So that means mankind was in Adam. So whatever happened to Adam happened to the whole of mankind. And that was how sin was passed down from Adam up until now. You know, because, I mean, Adam did not obey. And what Adam did is a reflection of, you know, somehow we find ourselves in that bucket. You know, and Romans 6, 6 says, knowing that the old man was crucified with him, that is the body of sin. And that's the body of sin that we're talking about. That's the nature of somebody that is not born again. The body of sin, so that the body of sin might be done, a, done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. You know, so anybody that is not born again, automatically the person is a slave of sin. The person is a slave of the devil. Hallelujah. Because the person is held down by the sin that Adam committed. So, you know, Ephesians 4.22 says that you put off concerning your former conducts, the old man. And that's why we always have to put away the old man. That's why the nature of sin has to be put away. You need to get born again. Hallelujah. So that you can experience the fullness of God. It says that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt. Which grows corrupt. And that's the thing. The old man, anybody that is not born again, is susceptible to corruption. Hallelujah. According to the deceitful lust. So what is the new man? If there's an old man, there must definitely be a new man. You know, and so the old man means to be born again. It means to become a part of God's kingdom. It means to be part of God's family. Hallelujah. You know, being transferred from one kingdom of old to another kingdom of being new. It's a nature. Hallelujah. You know, so being born again is a spiritual birth. Which is why when an altar call is made, they'll say, if you want to receive Jesus into your heart, if you want to get born again, come forward, you know. So it's a spiritual birth, which is why, I mean, when somebody gets born again, you don't see anything changing on the outside of the person. Why? Because it's not a physical birth. Neither is it a soulish birth, you know. Your soul is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotion, you know. So a man who is reborn is called saved. And this is attained only by doing what Romans 10, 9 says. Hallelujah. You know, and there is no substitute for receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There's no substitute. And that was why when Nicodemus went to meet Jesus and said, Master, 
we know that you're a good teacher, you know, so we know that you are good. Nobody can do these things that you do except Christ be with him. And Jesus said, it's not about doing these things. It's about being, you know, and that's what it is. That's what new birth is all about. That's what it means to be a new man. It's a nature. It's about being. It's not by doing anything. It's not by coming to church. Somebody can come to church, you know, you're just coming to church, but you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You don't know Jesus. You don't, you, you have not received him into your spirit. Hallelujah, then. I mean, it's not, it's not worth it. It's not by coming to church. It's not by coming for vigils. Those are not the things that guarantee your relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, so it's a state of being and not just about doing. Hallelujah. So there is no substitute for receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Not even church membership or church activities or baptism or indulgences or self-punishment or other religious practices can take its place. No, it's not possible. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So what is the divine nature? What's the divine nature? The divine nature is the recreation of the human spirit. Remember we said that when you get born again, it's a spiritual birth. It's not a physical birth. So having a divine nature is a recreation of your human spirit, which is the highlight of the new birth. Hallelujah. You know, God talking in Ezekiel 36 and 26, it says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit within you. And I will take the heart of stone and put a heart of flesh hallelujah in fact the word stone already speaks of hardness you know and that's why it's natural for somebody that is not born again to be wicked to be corrupt why because they are just acting out their nature it's natural for a dog to bark so somebody that is not born again and you are wondering how can this person be this wicked that is the only thing that they have in them glory you know so he says i will put a new heart a heart of flesh within you i want us to read second corinthians 5 17 you know that says it the way it's supposed to be said that's that's the crown of it you know the bible says in second corinthians 5 17 that if any man hallelujah is there any man in this place if any man therefore if anyone not even any man if anyone is in christ he is a new creation Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You see the Bible also using old there. That means the old is gone and the new has come. All things have become new. And you know, when the Bible was written, it was not written in English. Old Testament, Hebrew, New Testament, Greek. And the word become new in that context means that this is a species that has never existed before. Can you imagine? You are born as a new baby into the family of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And what do you do with a baby? You treat a baby with care. That's what happens when you get born again. You come to the throne of God. You come to receive Jesus and you are opening yourself to say, God, I receive everything that you have done for me. You are like somebody that has never existed before. That's your spirit. Your spirit has never existed before because that body of sin is taken away and now you have a newness of spirit. Glory to God. So we talk about righteousness. What is righteousness? Righteousness is the ability to stand in God's presence without any sense of guilt, condemnation, or inferiority complex. Hallelujah. Because I mean, why? You are created in his image already. You have received him. Your spirit is now one with him. So you can't talk about inferiority complex. I mean, some of us have children in this place. And you know, they just walk up to you because they're as bold as you are because they're like you. They don't see any difference, you know. But a dog can't want to. I mean, a dog is not in your class, you know. 
a goat is not in your class. So when you threaten them, maybe they move back. Why? Because they can see that this person is taller than me and can want to harm me. So when you are righteous, you are just in the class of God. There is no need. You can't, naturally speaking, I mean, your spirit can't feel inferior. Why? Because you have the essence of God inside you. Hallelujah. So you must not confuse righteousness by faith with self-righteousness. The Bible says in Isaiah 64 verse 6 that our righteousness is like filthy rags. You know, so it's not so much of what you can do. And that's why the Bible said for us to be born again is not what we do. It's not by coming to church. It's not by fasting. It's not by being an usher. It's not by being, you know, a singer or something. But it's what Jesus has done for us. Hallelujah. You know, so there's nothing you can do. So your self-righteousness doesn't count. I mean, if not, some people can feel like, I merit God more than some other people. You know, so it's not based on our works. Hallelujah. It's based on what Jesus did, you know. And righteousness is imparted at new birth. And you can never grow in righteousness because you already have Jesus' level of righteousness. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, that for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And that's the height. You can't be more righteous than you are once you have received Jesus into your life. Hallelujah. We have the righteousness of Jesus. And it's in that righteousness consciousness that we stand, that we can stand before God. Glory to God. And it's a free gift of God to all believers. Anybody who accepts Jesus as his or her personal Lord and Savior, you have that righteousness. It's received by faith and not by works. Even getting born again Remember, that's why we said that you don't have to do anything for you to be born again. So it's received by faith and not by works. And a believer's righteousness positions him for authority and dominion in life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's talk about the threefold nature of man and the new birth. You know, in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, the Bible mentions that there are three entities to a man. It mentions that, you know, Paul was saying, I pray that your whole spirit and soul and body, you know, be sanctified. So there are three separate entities, three distinct entities to a man. And remember we said that when a person gets born again, nothing changes on the outside. So we already can know that it's not a physical birth. We said it's a spiritual birth, you know. So when God was going to make man, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And the Bible tells us in John 4, 24, that God is spirit. Hallelujah. So if God is spirit and we are created in the image and likeness of God, so what does that make us? We are spirits. Hallelujah. Which is why we are more than what, what we see on the outside. Hallelujah. And that was why when Adam, you know, God told Adam, don't do this thing. Don't eat this fruit. And when he ate, he already told him that if you eat it, you will die. Hallelujah. So did he eat the fruit? So did he die? He died, but he was still existing physically, which shows that, you know, it's much more, we are much more than what we see on the outside. And that's why, I mean, we can see, I mean, when you see dead bodies, you see the person there. If it's just the casing that is the person, you can just tap the person and say, oh yeah, get up now. You know, so we are much more than what we see on the outside. We are spirits. Hallelujah. Man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. Man is not the body. Man is not the soul. I mean, and that's why when you see a bottle of Coke, how many people have seen a bottle of Coke here before? You know, so I mean, Coke is a liquid. It has a cock, a cap, a cock, and it lives inside the bottle. Hallelujah. So this is just our casing. You know, this is just what allows us to stay on this earth. Hallelujah. We don't know what we'll look like when we get to the other side. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. So man is not a soul, neither is he a body. But the real man is a spirit. Hallelujah. The soul speaks of what our bodies, our, our spirits 
you know, possesses. Hallelujah. While our body is a container. You know, so the new birth takes place in your spirit. Like we have said already, it's your spirit that gets born again. It is an inward experience that changes the nature of man from that of the devil. Remember we said that anybody that is not born again has the old man, has the body of sin, has the nature of sin, you know. So when you get born again, it's an inward experience that changes your nature. Hallelujah. So the real man or the spirit is referred to in different places in scripture. I mean, you can, you can see something like the hidden man or the inner man or the heart or the inward man is still referring to the spirit of a person hallelujah so at new birth the body is not recreated that will happen you know when rapture occurs neither is the soul you know your soul comprises of your mind your will and your emotions you know your will is inside your soul your mind is inside your soul which is why i mean you don't forget everything when you get born again you still remember that you ate rice yesterday you saw your friend i can still remember the person's name hallelujah i'm just some people are like oh, why didn't they just you know let your mind be changed or something but that would be a messed up situation because i mean you won't be able to remember anything and they have started teaching you what's your name what is a what is b that would be messed up you know the only thing we need to do is to renew our mind you know and that's what you know paul was instructing us in romans chapter 12 that the only way we can be transformed is to renew our mind it's a programming we have been programmed you know since we were born whatever you want to do or you don't want to do they have programmed you to do this thing you know so when you get born again the only way to change is to reprogram yourself reprogram your mind hallelujah and that's the way you can have success that's the way you can be transformed and that's what you're supposed to do with your mind to renew your mind to renew your mind to renew it to what god is saying in his word hallelujah because you are just a baby in his kingdom and you need to learn how to operate in that kingdom where you find yourself glory to god hallelujah so let's talk about remission and forgiveness you know i checked the dictionary and it defines remission as the cancellation of a debt, a charge, or penalty. Hallelujah. The cancellation of a debt, a charge, or penalty. You know, so when a sinner comes to Jesus, when somebody comes to get born again, his sins are remitted. You know, um, there used to be this advert, maybe Ariel or Omo now, I can't remember. So they'll put the bucket there, they'll put the, maybe Ariel or Omo. Then you see a piece of cloth you know, and the death is inside. And once they put it under, you see everything, you know, just diffusing out. And that's actually what we can say remission is. You know, your sins are blotted out completely, wiped out, hallelujah, like it has never existed before. You know, it's a cancellation. All those things are, they are out. They are being removed. You know, they are simply blotted out. To blot out means to completely wipe off or remove out of existence, you know. Under the old covenant, they used to use the blood of animals, you know, but the blood of animals cannot completely obliterate or wipe out our sins. It just used to cover it. However, I mean, under this new dispensation, Jesus came, and he came to wipe everything out. And all that man was, spiritually speaking, in the sight of God before he was born again, is blotted away. You know, somebody that is just getting born again receives remission, and not just forgiveness. The person receives remission and not just forgiveness. Hallelujah. So when a man realizes that he is a sinner and acknowledges Jesus as his Lord and Savior, the shed blood of Jesus cleanses him from his past life of sin and he becomes a new man. He becomes a person without a past. As God looks at you, he doesn't remember your past. Hallelujah. 
You're as innocent as a little baby. The past is all gone. He's not remembering anything against you. A new life has just begun. Glory to God. And that's why you are born as a spiritual baby into the family of God. Hallelujah. So what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is the one connected to fellowship. You know, so pretty much you can say that forgiveness is for people that are born again already. Hallelujah. It's the one connected to fellowship. While remission takes care of your past sins before the new birth, before you got born again, Forgiveness takes care of your sins committed after the new birth. You know, and we can see that in 1 John 1, 9, where Paul, John was saying that if we confess our sins, you know, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So we have not received the new birth experience to live in sin. Sin will affect our fellowship with God, and the consciousness of it will make us to live in condemnation. Hallelujah. And remember, as new creations, as people that have received Jesus into our spirit, naturally, spiritually, we are not supposed to be condemned. Why? Because they have the righteousness of Jesus. Glory to God. You know, we have the righteousness of Jesus. And all we need to do when we fall into sin as when we get born again, is to confess our sins and Jesus will forgive us. We talk about forgiveness. So we have not received the new birth experience to live in sin. Sin will affect your fellowship with God. And you know, it's the same thing. Some of us that have children or even friends in this place, not necessarily children. You can't keep hurting your friend all the time. Your friend won't be pleased with you. You won't be pleased with your child, you know. So it's not like... You know, the person may stop being your friend or your child. The person can never stop being your child. Anyway, you're the one that gave birth to the child, but it breaks fellowship, you know. When that, that child won't even be confident enough to come and meet you, mommy, I want this, daddy, I want this, because the child knows, oh, mommy's angry with me or daddy's angry with me, and that's what it does. When we, when we do things that God tells us not to do, you know, fellowship is broken. We can't be bold enough to go and meet God. God, I want this. God, I need counsel or this or that, and that's what happened. Fellowship is broken. Glory to God. You know, so never allow a sin to go unconfessed before God. Hallelujah. Because it creates a state of broken fellowship and not relationship. You are still this child, but you are cut off from fellowship with him and hence all his benefits. You know, the person won't even be bold enough. The person won't want to pray because the person already feels like God is angry with me. You know, but then of course that is not what God wants. And that's why God provided a way of escape right from the foundations of the earth. He made that, that anytime we sin, we have an advocate in Jesus, you know, and we can just simply go to him and say, God, we're sorry. And you know, everything is all gone. Hallelujah. So keeping the body in subjection, Paul said in first Corinthians nine twenty-seven, he says, but I keep my body and bring it into subjection. You know, that statement also infers that man is not the body. Because for him to say, but I keep my body, the body cannot keep the body under, you know. So, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Every believer must realize the fact that the human body will not be redeemed completely until the rapture of the saints. This simply means that we will have to contend with the effects of the sin that Adam committed in the beginning while on earth. Hallelujah. Your body will naturally desire things that are ungodly if left unattended. And that's the thing. You just want to eat. You just want to sleep. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? Why do we have to go to work to go and do it to five? Why? Everybody, we just want to eat and sleep, you know, just general comfort. 
Let me eat anything I want to eat at any time. That's what your body wants to do. You know, which is why we can't afford to live our lives based on how we feel. Because how we feel will never get us to where we ought to be. You need to be disciplined. You need to keep your body. Your body always wants to just explode. Just do things. I mean, who doesn't want to enjoy? You know? Coleto, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you only live once. Let's enjoy this life. You know, but we can't keep living like that. We will shortchange ourselves. You know, we must even understand that we just didn't come to this earth to feel good. There is a purpose and an agenda for why we are here. You know, so the most important thing is to find out what God wants us to do. So your body will naturally desire things that are ungodly if left unattended to. And that's why John said in 1 John 2.16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh... The lust of the eyes and the pride of life, hallelujah, is not of the Father. It's not of God. It's not godly. It's not supposed to be seen in us. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life, hallelujah. You know, and this uncontrolled appetite can be in the area of food, of sex outside of marriage. Even sex in marriage. Don't do anything too much. Your moderation is key. (laughs) Your moderation is key. (laughs) You know, hallelujah. Be disciplined. It's not every time. Mm. <laughs> you know, so this can be in the area of food, outburst of emotion. Remember, you are a spirit, Man is a spirit. Mm. Mm. It's not food. You know, so Apostle Paul understood this very well and he was able to put his body under the control of his spirit. Hallelujah. This is what it means to crucify the flesh. It means to kill the flesh. It means when you want something so bad, you know, you just tell yourself, no, this is not God's will for me. No, this is not the plan of God, and I'm not going to yield myself to it. You know, don't just give yourself over to what your flesh feels like doing all the time. It says in Galatians 5.24, put to death the desires of the flesh, and those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. Hallelujah. Those who are Christ, those who belong to Christ, they have crucified the desires of the flesh. So you can't afford to yield yourself to what your body feels like doing all the time. Hallelujah. It won't profit you because already John told us that what is inside the world is the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Hallelujah. And the lust of the flesh, it won't do us any good. Hallelujah. You know, so this process involves discipline and consistency. You won't get there in a day. Even the journey of a thousand miles begins with a step, you know, but little step day in, day out, you know, after a month, two months, you'll be surprised at where you'll be. You have to be consistent and persistent, I tell you. It's not going to be, you know, like bread and butter kind of thing, but you just have to keep pushing yourself. You don't do it just once, but you do it all the time. A believer puts his body under by feeding his spirit with the word of God and renewing his mind with the word. And that's how you grow. You feed your spirit, hallelujah, and renew your mind to the degree to which your spirit man is developed will, degree to, will determine the degree to which your body is put in subjection, hallelujah, which is why I mean, we know we are all at different levels, and you can see some people, maybe when there's an issue, some people can just walk away without getting angry, you know, but some people, they can flex very well, you know, and get angry, <laughs> I mean, they're just yielding themselves to the devil. Well, not the devil, to their flesh. You know, they have not been able to put their flesh under. You know, something happens and they're just on the edge. They just want to give you a piece of their mind. 
Let me give it. You, mm, mm, my own Christianity is not like that. I see the heart. Make her they give you. You know how people are. <laughs> Let me just give you so that you know. Eh, eh, leave Christianity aside. No, so what is Christianity? Hallelujah. It's your whole totality. Hallelujah. It's the whole thing. So you put your body under. When you want to fight and shout at that person, you know, you just tell yourself, ah, if not for Christ, just shake body and move away. You know, it won't be easy. And really, it's fine when you make a mistake the first time. You see, the truth of the matter is, most times, you just want to be like, let us attain perfection in one day. It's not possible. It's not possible. So you need to trust your process as well. Just trust yourself that you're on a journey. You don't have to be the spiritual gym gym in a day. You don't have to learn how to pray two hours in a day. You know, start. If it's only 10 minutes, you can do. Start from there. Just make sure that your 10 minutes every day, you keep at it. Consistency, day in, day out. You'll be surprised at what you'd have become after a month. Hallelujah. You will never be at that level where you were before you started. You may not be at 100%, but you would have moved up the bar. Hallelujah. And that's what we're supposed to do, to keep the body under. It's not every time. You know, so you can start out today. Maybe you used to be very, very angry. It's okay. You know, so, but just make sure that you keep working on yourself. And how do you work on yourself? You get the word of God. You put it in your mind and you say, okay, I'm a love being. I forgive easily. I'm a cheerful person. You continue to say those things that this is what Jesus did for me. And I'm working in these things and I'm obtaining it. These are my experiences. Hallelujah. So a well-developed spirit will be able to control at will. You know, when your spirit is developed, you just get to a point and you're like, look, there's no point. I'm not saying anything. You know, you don't give your peace of mind all the time. By the time you give your peace of mind, one day there will be nothing left. You know, thereby putting the appetites of the body in check. A believer ruled by his flesh will not be able to walk in the fullness of the life of God. And that's it. We'll be shortchanging ourselves when we are, you know, being ruled by the flesh, when we are carnal, you know. Although he has the title Christian, but his lifestyle is not different from the unsaved, you know. And which is why, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've heard people make statements like, Ah, that one. I don't understand this type of Christianity. You know, people make that thing because they are wondering, this person is saying I'm a Christian, but you can't literally see the fruits of Christianity in that person. You know, I, 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 you know, I just want to call a spade a spade. Though. I'm not a diplomatic person. It's not every time you need to call a spade a spade. You know, at times, just temper justice with mercy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, so let's talk about walking in the spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the Spirit. So that means the cure to keeping our body in subjection is to walk in the Spirit. Hallelujah. So walking in the Spirit is a concept that is misunderstood by so many Christians. You know, this is a joint effort between a recreated human spirit and the Holy Spirit that resides within you. It is about strengthening of the human spirit by the Holy Spirit for the purpose of dominion over the flesh. Hallelujah. Flesh in this context is more of a carnal mindset, more than any other thing. A carnal mindset, you know, a mind that is not seeing what God is saying. A mind that just chooses that this is my own way. You know, a mind that listens to what others are saying, irrespective of what the word of God is saying, you know. That's what a carnal mindset is. And the only way you can walk over a carnal mindset is to walk in the spirit. A believer given to the flesh does not see things from God's perspective. 
Rather, he sees and judges from the natural perspective. Hallelujah. You know, and Romans 8 says, though, Romans 8 verse 8 says, those who are in the spirit cannot please God. It's not possible. Because, I mean, you won't even be able to see what God is saying. You can't hear what he's saying. So, there's no how. You can't even be rightly positioned to, to walk in what God is saying. They can't please God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Even Romans 8, 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. Hallelujah. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So when you focus your attention on the Spirit of God, you focus your attention on the Word of God, invariably, you will do the Word of God. You will do what the Spirit is telling you to do. Hallelujah. So the above scripture reveals to us that walking after the flesh is simply putting more attention on carnal things more than spiritual things. Hallelujah. Putting more attention, giving more attention to natural things instead of what God is telling us. On the other hand, walking in the Spirit is putting more attention on spiritual things. How do you put attention on spiritual things? You don't have to become too deep or too strange in some way or spooky. To be spiritual, just follow the teachings of Jesus. Hallelujah. Just follow the teachings of Jesus. You know, John said in John 6, 63 that the words that I, is a spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. So if you want life, you need to pay attention to the word of God. You need to pay attention to the spirit of God. That's the only way we can grow. Hallelujah. That's the only way we can grow and develop spiritually. So if you want to get those God's word on your mind to, thank, to start thinking spiritually, mind the things of the spirit and the resultant effect will be walking in the spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now we go to redemption. Hallelujah. Our redemption in Christ. Glory to God. You know, and the purpose, the objective of this class is to help you know and appreciate your redemption and thereby enjoying its benefits. Hallelujah. So what is redemption? You know, redemption is from the Greek word redeem, which means to buy out. You know, some of us, you know, some time ago, they used to, when all these bottling companies, they used to have, um, I don't know what to call it now. You know, so they they used to put they'll put things under the bottle cork, you know. So they will tell you if you see maybe alphabets, maybe pictures, you know, different promos, yeah, different promos. So they will tell you maybe bring ten crown corks to come to a redemption center. Maybe you get an exercise book or something, you know. So everybody will start scrambling for the corks, you know, to go to the redemption center. Hallelujah. So when you take those corks and you go to the redemption center, they take it from you and they give you something. And that's what redemption is all about. It means to buy out. Remember we established that when Adam sinned, mankind sinned. Hallelujah. So when mankind sinned, we subjected ourselves to the devil. Hallelujah. So we were now under the dominion and authority of the devil. And God had to look for a legal way to bring us out of the dominion of the devil. And that's why God thought out a redemption plan. Glory to God. So it speaks of rescue. By payment or a ransom, like slaves are bought from the slave market. God literally had to do that exchange. Glory to God. You know, so this implies that a spiritual transaction took place between God and the devil. Hallelujah. 
a spiritual transaction took place between God and the devil that eternally brought us out of the ownership of the devil, made us free, made us eternal possessions of God, spirit, soul, and body. Through death, Jesus shed his blood as a ransom for our reproaches. Glory to God. And that's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6.20 that knowing that you are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, hallelujah, but with the precious blood of Christ. God valued us so much he had to kill his only son. That's how precious we are. That's all the way how God had to go just to make sure that mankind is restored to him. Glory to God. So why redemption? Why? I mean, why did God have to do it? He was one that created us so I mean, we committed this and he could have just left us like that. Why redemption? You know, man is in need of redemption because of the events that took place in the Garden of Eden. Adam, having control over his own destiny and that of the earth, willingly gave it to the devil through disobedience, therefore becoming the devil's legal slave. Adam's disobedience resulted in a separation from God. He experienced spiritual death which is a separation from the life of God. Sin stripped him of God's glory. Sin stripped him of God's glory. Man lost his place with God as a result of the sin of the first Adam and became subject to the authority of Satan as a result of sin, sickness, and death. You know, that became man's common experience. Man had a death sentence hanging over him. You know, but God, because of his love, had to find a way to redeem man. No, the Bible says in John 3, 16, that for God so loved the world that he gave. Hallelujah. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that was the redemption plan. God had to give his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life is the substance of God. It's the divine nature of God. It's what makes God to be God. That's how God values us. Everything that God is, God put in man. Hallelujah. That is why God had to redeem man. So the mystery of substitution, glory to God. Substitution or exchange is seen all through the scriptures. If you go through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, you see different places where, you know, God had to be telling them to kill, you know, animals to cover their sin anytime anybody, you know, committed sin. That was how God used to cover the sins of the old saints. But it was not enough because it could just cover. It couldn't remit. God had a more superior plan to remit, to blot it out completely, to wipe it like this person has never even existed before. That's how it seems. You know, and that's why we read that scripture in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that he that is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. That person that used to exist before is no longer that person. This is a new person. Beautifully born into the family of God. Hallelujah. And that's the whole mystery of substitution. Jesus took our place. Hallelujah. You know, so Jesus was to be offered as a substitute for the sins of the world. And that's why, you know, Hebrews. Let's read Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 9. From verse 11. It says, But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is not of his creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most high place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption, eternal redemption, completely sealed, signed and delivered. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus Christ came to do for us. You know, 
And, you know, when John was talking, he said in John 1.29, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, of the world, not even of Christians. So that means anybody that is not even born again, they are shortchanging themselves. Why? Because the price has been paid already. There's no point suffering for what someone else has suffered for. It doesn't make sense. You know, I mean, someone is owing you. And somebody comes and says, takes the money. Then the person is coming to disturb you again. Won't you be like, uh-uh, what's your own? Someone has paid already. Why are you coming to meet me? And that's it. Nobody should shortchange himself or herself. Why? Because the price has been paid already. Jesus was substituted for us. Hallelujah. Christ stood as a substitute on the cross. He took upon himself our sins and iniquity. Hallelujah. On the cross. And took the death sentence that was hanging over man. Glory to God. The price has been paid. Glory. The price has been paid. Identification. Let's talk about the legal side of our redemption. You know, this unveils to us what God did in Christ for us. From the time he went to the cross until he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Jesus went through all as a substitute. Remember, Jesus was sinless. He didn't commit any sin. But because God had a redemption plan, he had to go through all. Hallelujah. So that we can be free. It was a divine exchange that took place. The law of identification refers to how Jesus became one with us in our fallen state so that we can become one with him in life. Hallelujah. This is a twofold oneness. First is his oneness with, with our sin on the cross. And the second is our oneness with him in the glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So let's talk about, you know, how we are identified with him. We were crucified with him. You know, and um, I would like to implore you to read Romans chapter 6. When you read Romans chapter 6, you will see everything literally there. You know, our old man was filled with spiritual death, the satanic nature. Remember, we established that the old man is the state of a person before he gets born again. You know, Jesus was nailed to the cross. And when he was nailed to the cross, we were nailed to the cross with him, in him. Hallelujah. Jesus wasn't a martyr on the cross, but he was our substitute. Because he didn't commit any sin. But he went to the cross because of us. He went for us. Hallelujah. So he was our substitute. In the mind of God, it means his identification with us in our fallen state. And this was what happened on the cross. He became a curse so that we can be blessed. You can see that in Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us from the cross of the law. Jesus has redeemed us from the cross of the law. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. Hallelujah. But Jesus came to take that curse away for us. He became sickness so that we can have his health and wholeness. He bore our shame so that we can share in his glory. He bore our rejection and we became accepted before God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, Ephesians 1.6 says, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which we ha he has made us accepted in the beloved we are accepted hallelujah we are accepted glory to god hallelujah so we died with him when he died he died spiritually and physically we died with him remember jesus took our place he is our substitute. He was our substitute on that cross. He took our place. So we died with him. And through his death, we are made alive. His body was broken for us so that ours will not be broken. Glory to God. His body was broken so that ours will not be broken. Glory to Jesus. We were buried with him. He went to hell for us so that we don't have to go to hell. And that's it. The price has been paid already. So why should change ourselves? Glory to God. The price has been paid already. Someone has gone to hell so that we don't have to go to hell. You know, so we were made alive with him. 
Glory to God. And Ephesians 2, 5 says, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. Hallelujah. For by grace we have been saved. Glory to God. We conquered Satan in him. Glory. This was our victory, not his victory. He did not need to fight that battle, but he fought the battle for us. We are now the righteous victors. We have stripped Satan of his authority. We now reign as kings in the realm of life. Glory to God. We were raised with him. We are now above the devil and his hosts. Glory to God. We have been raised above all principalities and power. Therefore, the devil no longer has authority over us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The devil no longer has authority over us. Hey, glory. We are seated with him. God has conferred his highest honor on man. Hallelujah. This is the crowning event of redemption. We are seated at the highest position of authority. Far above the devil. That means a believer has no place fearing the devil. Why? Because we are far above him. We are not just above, far above. Hallelujah. These are the things that Jesus did for us. He became our substitute. Glory to God. We are seated with him. Hallelujah. So all you need to do is to discover yourself in the word of God. Discover yourself in the word of God. Glory to God. A lack of understanding on our place in him and his place in our lives hinders us from success. There is a need to diligently study God's word to discover his will for our lives. You cannot be a successful Christian by living only on the Old Testament or the four Gospels. That one, you are just um, listening to an account of the history or stories. Hallelujah. But for you to maximize yourself, you need to spend time in the epistles, hallelujah, so that you can know who you are, so that you can know what Christ did for you, so that you can know what Christ obtained for you, hallelujah, glory to God. You know, so the word of God is a reflection of the way God sees us. You, we need to spend most of our time in the epistles in search of our rights and privileges in Christ, hallelujah, you know, Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, you know, spend time. Hallelujah. In Christ, God has done everything that needs to be done for us to enjoy all his promises. God has made the provision already. Hallelujah. He has made the provision already. There's no, there's no need to shortchange ourselves. You know, and there are a lot of scriptures there. You would have to, you know, read them and go through them and spend time. Hallelujah. So we, we go to creating realities by our confession. Hallelujah. We need to create. I mean, it's not just enough to know that these are the things that God has done for us. We need to see these things in our lives. Hallelujah. Nobody, I mean, we've been told, and the Bible says, Ephesians 1 chapter 3, that we, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3, that we have been blessed with all blessings in the heavenly places. I'm sure nobody just wants their blessings to be in the heavenly places. Hallelujah. We want it here on earth. So how do we do that? We need to create our reality by our confession. Glory to God. The Bible says in Psalm 107 verse 2, it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Say what? Say what God has obtained for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Say your rights and privileges in what Christ did for you. You know, God promised in his word with God promised us in his word with an attitude of thanksgiving. You don't need to pray for faith. Why? Because all you need to do is just keep hearing the word of God. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17 that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. All you need to do, just spend time, just stay there. And like I said, don't be in a hurry. You don't have to read 20 chapters in one day. You know, just have that desire to grow. You know, at times most of us, we just want to become the great Jim Jim in one day. It's not going to work. It's not. 
just grow. And that's what Paul said. As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word. I mean, most of us have seen babies here. Will the baby say, ah, the breast milk that my mommy gave me yesterday, will it be enough for me? How will it? No, no worries. No, just take whatever your mom gives you. And you, I mean, even we as adults, we do we get worried when you, ah, the rice I ate yesterday, I don't know, maybe digested or it's going to work. You know, we don't have such thoughts. So why do we do that with spiritual things? We want to be praying two hours in one day. No, just start from somewhere. Start from where you are. Hallelujah. You know, just start. Just listen, 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 spend time. And you don't have to do one hour in one day if you cannot listen to one hour in one day. You see, the truth of the matter, the, the best thing is to be real with yourself. Don't be in a race or in a competition with anybody. It's your life. So take time to grow yourself. If it's 10 minutes, you can read a chapter. Or 10 minutes, you can read a line. You know, and don't, don't, don't wonder, will I be able to understand this scripture? No, just take in the word, hallelujah. Just stay there and say, okay, whether I receive revelation or not, I will stay with this word because I know it will ultimately produce for me. Hallelujah. In the place of consistency and discipline, you will eventually. Hallelujah. You will eventually. You know, so just stay there. Just stay there. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's all you need to do. You know, faith doesn't come by what you have heard, but it comes by what you keep hearing. What you keep hearing consistently. And that's how you create your reality. You create your reality by what you hear, by what you speak. Hallelujah. So we need to be very, 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 very attentive to what we say, to what we hear. Because they are framing our lives. I'm telling you. They are framing, and that's how our minds are reprogrammed. You may not know it, but 10 years down the line, you are wondering, ah, is my auntie that used to talk like this? So why? Because you just chose to. You stayed there. She was reprogramming you, and instead of you reprogramming yourself, that, ah, no, this might be my auntie's experience, but this is not what God says my own experience should be. Hallelujah. You know, so we need to pay attention to the word of God because that is the only way we can grow. That is the only way we can create the reality that God has for us. It's not even about our own reality because you don't even know what you want. I tell you, we need to go to the word of God to know what we want. He's the one that created us and he's the one that can only tell us how our lives should be. Hallelujah. So we need to create our reality by what he has said concerning us. Glory to God. So we stay there. Hallelujah. And we create these things by the word of God. And ultimately, it will bring possession. You know, it turns the legal side of redemption into a vital experience for us. Hallelujah. So all you need to do is to keep confessing this word and meditating on it. And invariably, all that God says you have in the spiritual realm will be yours in the natural realm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So facts of our redemption in Christ. Hallelujah. Facts of our redemption, and there are a lot of facts. You have to go through them, you know. We are new creations. I mean, we read 2 Corinthians 5.17. We have a new nature. Our redemption is a fact. We are healed. Hallelujah. So if we have been healed, why are we still sick? So that means we need to do something about our health. Hallelujah. Health, not just healing. Hallelujah. Because Jesus has paid the price already. There's no point being sick. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God. All our needs are supplied. Glory to God. We are not afraid. Christ lives in us. He is our strength, our provider, our healer, our keeper. We are delivered out of Satan's power. We are partakers of the new nature. We have the righteousness of Jesus. We are no longer condemned. We are justified. We are more than conquerors. We are no longer under Satan's dominion. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Defeat and failure are things of the past. We are linked up with God. He is our partner and our friend in life. We are saved and we have the good life. We have a high priest in him. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So those are the facts of our redemption. There are many and there are a lot of scriptures there. And there's no how you you will maximize those things if you don't consciously look into the word. Hallelujah. You know, when we look into the word, what happens is that we are being changed into that word. It's like a mirror. You know, so which is why I said, don't worry. Ultimately, you will change into what you see. Which is why you have to be careful what you see and what you hear. You will morph into those words. You will morph into those pictures. You know, our mind is so strong. You will morph into it. Hallelujah. So if you, for you to maximize yourself, remember your spirit. So you can't just open up yourself to anything. You have to guard your heart with all diligence. God is, for out of it springs the issues of life. Because they're just programming it. And it's garbage in, garbage out. Whatever you put in is what will come out. You know, computer, data processing, whatever you put in, is what you, if you plant a tree, hallelujah, the tree will bring forth of the fruits. Just plant the tree. You can't plant mango and be harvesting apple. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So you need to pay attention. Hallelujah. Guard your heart with all diligence so that you can have all these things. Stay in the word of God. Hallelujah. That's the only way we can create our realities. That's the only way all these things that Jesus did can be manifested in our lives. Hallelujah. Let's talk about grace. Glory to God. Grace simply speaks of God's unmerited favor. It is the, is the willingness of God to show his power on our behalf. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, 8, that God is able to make all grace. Hallelujah. All means all. I mean, that scripture is sufficient for everything. All grace. Hallelujah. Money grace. Evangelism grace. Anything. And you know, the truth of the matter is we need grace every day that we live life yesterday is not enough today is a new day we need another grace for today hallelujah grace is the unmerited favor of god i mean god just shows us favor like i mean these are my children he just wants to prosper us he just wants to show us his goodness hallelujah is the unmerited favor of god our salvation is a product of god's grace it's a gift from him. And that's why, remember, we established that we did not have to do anything to get born again. It's not by coming to church. All we needed to do is to confess with our mouth. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And then, I mean, you are settled. It's a done deal. Glory to God. You know, so your acceptance with God is by grace and not through works. It's not end. So you can't say, ah, I want to do 60 vigils so that, you know, I'll be accepted, so that God will show me one kind. It doesn't work. Jesus has paid the price already. Hallelujah. And that's a result of the grace of God. That's a result of the favor of God. So we are not only saved by grace, we are expected to live by grace. We are expected to live by grace. You know, grace is humility. It's saying that, God, I don't even have enough strength to do this thing on my own. I acknowledge your lordship. I acknowledge your strength. Help me to become that person that you have already made me to be. And that's what grace does. Hallelujah. We are not only saved, but we are expected to live by grace. That shows humility. 
that you want to tell God, okay, God, you are the boss. I don't know how to rule my life. You know, but when you feel like I don't need the grace of God, that's pride already. That shows that I know what to do. So God, don't tell me what to do. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So grace does not give you the license to sin, but the ability to receive. And I mean, it's just like you having a child. That you have that child, I mean, that doesn't mean that the child should just be doing anything that, you know, will get you angry. That child wouldn't even ordinarily want to do that. And so that's not what grace is for. Grace is not because, hey, I know either way, either way, God will protect me, then I, I become a rascal. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. That's not what grace is for. And grace is activated by faith. You know, even to get born again is activated by faith. You have to believe. What is faith? What is believing? You have to believe that, okay, this is what Jesus did for me. Then I partake of it. Hallelujah. So grace is activated by faith, you know, and it doesn't give us the license to sin. Hallelujah. Glory. And that's why, you know, Paul was saying in Romans, shall we continue to sin? Shall we continue to live in sin that grace may abound? He said, God forbid. God forbid. We are much more than that. We are higher than that. We shouldn't just keep on sinning because, I mean, grace is available. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So let's talk about the believer's authority. The believer's authority. God's original intention for man was to have dominion on earth. And that's why when God created man, you know, he said, be fruitful, multiply, have dominion. Was to have dominion. Through the redemptive work of Christ, man's dominion was legally restored. Every child of God is seated at the right hand of God with Jesus and has all things under his feet. Hallelujah. Ephesians 1, 20-23 says, Which he walked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. Not only in this age. Hey, hallelujah. Glory to God. But also in that which is to come. This God is too good, though. Everything is settled. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, so the word of God is the greatest weapon of a believer to be equipped and to exercise authority on earth. You know, Acts 19.20 says, So mightily grew the word, and it prevailed. The word will always prevail. The word will always prevail. So mightily grew the word, and it prevailed. You know, a revelation of what the blood of Jesus accomplished will empower believers to win in life all the time. You know, Romans, Revelations 12, 11 says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. By the word of their testimony, we should be testifying, hallelujah, testifying of the goodness of God, testifying of the grace of God, testifying of what God has done in our lives, hallelujah. So we need to understand and use the name of Jesus, hallelujah, which is above all names, hallelujah. You know, Philippians 2.11, Philippians 2.9-11 says, therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Of those in heaven, of those on earth, of those under the earth. Oh yeah, tell me, where else again? Hallelujah. That's how powerful the name of Jesus is. Everything is covered. Heaven, earth, under the earth. Nothing can be higher than that name. And that is the name we have access to. That is the name we have access to. Oh my God. A believer is a powerful Powerful weapon. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Hallelujah. Mark 16, 17 says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons and speak with new tongues. We have this powerful name of Jesus. And the only way we can maximize it is if we position ourselves. Hallelujah. We rightly position ourselves all the time. We subject ourselves to the grace of God. We spend time in his word and we keep studying and reflecting and we position ourselves for God's grace, God's glory, God's goodness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.